And also, I want to thank you those who are home tuning in uh, with us this morning. You know, the funny things this morning is when I uh, I got up pretty early today, get dressed and everything, and I'm about to to leave, and I saw my uh, my wife uh, came down the the, the stair, and she all dressed up. I say, hey, uh, where are you going? Um, and say, are you going somewhere? I have to go to church right now. I'm going to church. So what do you, what do you mean? I, I'm going to church. You just want to stay home with the kids, right? We'll you know stay at home order, right? And um, I say, no, I'm going to church. And then that's when it hits me. Ah. She's going to church, not physically go to church, but be ready, dressing up to, to go to church as to meet the Lord. And just as I hope that's what you're doing, I hope you're not doing bad, hopefully, uh, <laughs> and not in your pajama. We are to give God the glory and honor um, every time when we come uh, to worship. And we here miss you very much, you know, those at home. We want this to end quickly. We do pray every day, and I, I pray with my family um, almost every day for this to end so that we all can come again that's our human nature we we want to mingle with each other we want to be close to interact but now is not the time and as we going to expose some of the trials today in this pandemic the COVID-19 disease uh, circulating around not until recently we almost never heard of the word social distancing right or social isolation whatever this is nothing new okay uh, but we never practice this this is sort of an act of love now in look Chapter 17, verse 11 to 12. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were leopards, who stood afar off. This mentioned this way, right? He, they stood afar off. So I'm, I was curious. I, was, I, I grew up in Vietnam, and we have a lot of leprosy people around. And my parents or anyone say, you know, stay away. You know, stay away. It's an infectious disease. You can get it. Right? Stay away from them. Just stay away. I, not knowing why, uh, just that you know those people have leprosy. Stay away from them. That, that's what. So, so I take this opportunity to read a little bit about it. So I go to CDC website. Right. You, you all now know what CDC stands for. Right. Before we, you know, nobody really cares too much about CDC. Stand for Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, they're missing a P uh, somewhere. So according to CDC website, I'll read this from them. Leprosy, or it's also called Hansen disease. Scientists currently think it may happen when a person with Hansen disease cough or sneeze, and a healthy person breathes in the droplets containing the bacteria. Leprosy was once feared as a highly contagious and devastating disease. The way that leprosy transmits is very similar to COVID-19. And by the way, COVID-19 is the name of the disease, not the, the, not the virus. Right? The virus is called SARS-CoV-2, then for severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus. So the 10 leopards knew how highly their disease was and how contagious their disease. So they didn't want to approach Jesus or getting close to the villager because they didn't want anyone to get it or infect by it. Right? So, or they could just walk through the crowd and I'm sure the people will make ways for them, right? And when you know someone can have an infectious disease coming towards you, or you know someone have corona, not a beer, but coronavirus coming towards you, you, you sort of like back off, right? You say, okay, you, you need to stop, okay? You're getting too close. I feel very uncomfortable here. You need to put your mask on, you know, because I don't want to get it, right? But uh, the leopards, they, they could walk through through the village, the villagers. They would, people would, would make ways for them. But then what would we call them, right? Well, we'll call them selfish. Right? Because they don't think about others, or egocentric lepers. Right? But no, in this case, they did exactly the opposite of what I just said. Social distancing is also an act of love, or caring, or considerate. Right? As Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 31, I just summarize quickly, love your neighbor as yourself. 
because you love yourself, you gotta love your neighbor. But it's the same. So you don't, you don't want anything happen to to them, right? You know, my kids knows that I'm a hugger, right? I'm, I'm, I love to hug them. If I do, God forbid, if I do have the virus, I would have to. What should I do? A question I would ask, what should I, should I do? Should I continue to do, continue to do what I've been doing? Or I have to distance myself. Family for my kids, that is even painful to me than to getting a, a virus. You know, I'll even get sick. I must stay away to keep them safe. You know, would you do the same? You would, right? You would do the same. You wouldn't want your, your loved one to, to get sick. So just like Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We heard a lot about all these health uh, workers, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the, uh, all the professionals that are on the front line. They were so afraid because they're dealing with this every single day. They didn't want to come home. It's not because they don't want to see the, the family. No, they don't want to come because they're, they, they're risking the virus into the family. So they didn't come home. And I, I read on one of these five women, she hasn't been home for more than a month away from her Little girl, nine years old girl, for more than a month. They only can see each other through glass door or you know uh, videos. Uh, that's all. And she said, I have to work like 16 hours a day just to put her life at risk for for us. So that's a lot of challenging for a lot of people. We know those directly affected by it. And some might say, Hey, I am not. I'm not them. I'm not a you know fireman, fire women. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. And there's nothing I can do to contribute to to this. I, that's not. That's absolutely not true. We all can be part of the solution by doing our best out there, protect ourselves so that we won't feel that bad, so we won't be that victim. And I'm sure the doctors and the nurses, uh, they would be glad not to see us. Right? I'm, I'm sure they, they don't want another person in the, in, in the hospital. And uh, we do thank them for, their, for risking their life. And uh, we pray, continue, we should continue to pray for them as, as they're doing the best to get through this. Right. They, they're the most people that has the most difficult situation and they also have a family family to go home to uh, after the workday too. So, I know last time Ben said uh, I have to speak on 150 words per minute to uh, make up for 10 minutes and so I have like 1,500 words so uh, I'll make, make it like 10 minutes. Okay, dream. You can dream it, man. I'll make it two hours. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, past a month we heard a lot of terms that bring us a lot of anxiety, sometimes even sad, like quarantine. I mean, we heard of it, but you know, we never actually use that. And then they stay at home. Uh, well, we at war now. We stay at home. And um, epidemic. And uh, you know about the chart, right? Flatten the curve. And the hockey stick, you know, that, that's a dangerous one. The hockey stick is go. Okay. Well, we're not flattening yet. We're just like a hockey stick. It's still going up. Ventilator. We shorten ventilator, and then we shorten mask. N95. No one making masks anymore. We have to make ourselves masks out of old T-shirt or whatever we have. You heard this a lot. It's symptomatic or symptomatic transmission. That this is a dangerous one because we don't know. Some people who carry but without showing any symptom, we could get affected by it, right? And those is easier one is symptomatic. But people who have symptom, then we know. We sort of oh okay that. A person shows some sort of symptom, get tested, okay, now it's confirmed, uh, but asymptomatic, they don't get tested because they don't show any symptom, but they could be the carrier. So there's a lot of you know, things going on. A lot of people, like a lot of us, going through many, many ways in terms of uh, anxiety, fear. There's almost no comfort at all. Uh, every, uh, every day we turn on the news, we all uh, heard about continuing virus. So, but why is it happening? It's, you know, if you recall previous sharing, God's allowed things to happen. And nothing happened without God's okay. And even, you know, sin. God gives sin the power to do that too. 
remember the story about Job. I always go back to the story. It's just a great example of a man going through tribulation, going through trials, going through difficult. You remember, he's a very rich man, right? He got thousands of animals and he got ten children. So rich that his children doesn't even need to work, right? Which you know, I hope you remember remember that story. That a lot on on that one. God also gives him the powers to strip off everything that Job had. Even his children, everything was stripped completely. Everything he possessed completely off, and not only that. God allows Satan to give Job a disease, right? In chapter two, Satan struck Job with some sort of disease, skin disease, with like a boil. It's like a bubble stuff on his skin, all over from uh, the Bible said from the crown of his head to the sole of his foot. So imagine how could you walk? You have let's say you have a little cut on on the sole of your foot. You can barely walk. Now Job has these boil skin disease that cover his entire body, and it's so itchy that he had to scrape it. Imagine that. This man is a man of many, many trials. Some might said, "Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a God's child. He will protect me and won't let any trials come my way." Right? It's a trouble-free as a Christian. It's it's not so, right? You still remember the blameless and a bright name, the man named Job, right? That's the first verse in Job chapter one. The upright. And blameless man, right? But he's still going through all this trial, difficult. I I don't know I don't know anyone that I I know of that going through this kind of trial like Job did. Uh, uh, he lost everything, even his sickness, illness, and even his wife turned against him. That's why I said, you know, why don't you curse God and die? Even his closest person giving a bad counsel. With that in mind, uh, a lot of us are going through this difficult times or hard time in your life right now. Those who are not affected by it. Consider you have a past. A lot of us, I, I'm pretty sure, a lot of us having, you know, going through a mount of trials right now. Let me see if we can ring some bells, right? Okay, how about in terms of medical? Uh, any issue with illness, sickness, you know, cancer, chronic pain? How about back pain? How about can't hear, can't see? You know, these are the things that in your life. In terms of medical, how about relational, right? Between friends, right? Because of this, coronavirus. The, because of this virus, uh, you don't get to see them. You know, there's a distancing now. They're affecting the relationship. It's not the same as like before, right? And how about you know, sibling, family? I don't get to see my family as often as I, I, I wish. You know, we don't get to sit at the same table to eat, to talk like we normally do. How about marriage? Now,、uh, some of the challenges that we、uh, as all of us are facing, such as medical, that as I mentioned before, relational, occupational.、Uh, how about financial? This is financial inst-、uh, insecurity. You know, it's not so much of, you know, how much you have or little, how little you have. It's more a mental state of insecurity because how much you have or the lack thereof, you can have a lot of money, but you still have a feel of insecurity. How about emotional?、Uh, hurt, hurtful, anxiety, worry. But spiritual wrestling with doubts because of this happening,、uh, we're wrestling with doubt.、Uh, you know, you know where are you in this God?、Uh, agonizing over your sins, or, or you know, start losing faith. There's a lot of trials that would cause a lot of these、uh, doubts with us. Look at these lists. I, I can find myself in several categories, and these make me to worry. Start having stress, and then、uh, you know, and I have anxiety, and then I start having doubts. Just like I mentioned before, when we're going through trials, we, we, we tend to. Point fingers at okay, God, where are you in this? Why are you letting this happening to us, to me? Let's open in First Peter chapter one verse six. I'll, I'll read you the verse six here. In this you greatly rejoice, 
though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. In this one verse here, there are three words that I want to focus on. The first word is need, grief, and trials. Right? So let's go backward a bit. Various trials, plural form. Um, so Peter said, you can go through trials, not one, but many, many trials. All can be at the same time. So I think a lot of us probably experience that kind of trials right now, going through a lot of trials at the same time, not just one. And, and trials comes in many different shapes, different size, different form. Uh, it could, you know, it could be a small, a, a short time or a long time. It's like you know, prolonging. It feel like eternity. For example, like you know, when you're sick, right? You got a flu, you know, a few weeks, right? You you. But if you have a little more chronics, it can last a long time, even a lifetime. You're in pain. Sometimes occupational job could last you, you know, months or year until you you lose it. Financial could last for years. I, it lasts me a long time. Still, actually, and relational, it could last a lifetime, right? Those married, you know what I mean. Or now I mean, no. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I mean. For, like Job, he lost everything. And one thing that we see at, at the end of the story, he rejoiced, right? He rejoiced in the Lord, even all he go through. He never blamed God. So try come come in many different forms, different shape and size. The second word I want to focus on, grief is the state of suffering. Uh, it can be physically painful or mentally hurtful. Now we cannot say grief without mentioning Job. When his friend came to visit him, his friend saw that his grief was so great that they couldn't say anything. There's nothing they could say to comfort Job except that they sat there with him for seven days. Have you ever been in that situation where you see a person was so in great pain that you cannot say anything. There's nothing you can do to comfort that person except you just sit there quietly, just to be there, just to sit there, right? That's, that's the only thing. In Job's story, it was so great. His pain was so great. Not only physically pain, the disease, emotionally and spiritually, he also has the struggle with his emotion too. Oh, the reference for that one is in Job chapter 2, verse 13. So they sat down with him for the, on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief were very great. Third word in that verse is need. Right? It's an interesting uh, word here, need. Why do, why do you need? Why do we need? Right? But there's a need in our lives that God wants to use for something. That's why he put trials there for us. Right? And pain is the, the effect of the trials. So remember why your parents spanked you? Anyone remember? You got spanked. I got spanked too when I was little. And, and why? Why is it we get spanked? When you get spanked, it hurts, right? It's painful. But why? Why, why is the pain? Why is there a pain when we get spanked? Well, to correct us, to set us into the, the right path, the correct path. I, I heard this from a pastor. And I actually read the whole chapter of this book that he mentioned. And I didn't understand until I heard this and I read it again a couple of times. And one of it said like this, Pain plant the flag of truth, forged of rebel soul. See, a rebel soul is like a loss. You know? But then pain will give you the truth. 
set you straight on your path, correct you, right? If you want to know who the author or what book is from, you can, you can do it yourself. You have the whole world of information in your hand. Go search it up. I, I'm sure you have no problem of look up, find that the author as well as the statement that I just, I just read there. Now, this is one of my favorite verse. In Proverbs 23, verse 13 to 14, let's open that. It's also needed. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Correction, you know, spanking. It's okay, right? It's needed. It's, it's needed. According to Peter, he said it's needed. It's needed in our lives. And we need the pain. We need the trials. But I must warn you, when you spank a child, not, do not spank them while you're angry. Because I can tell you, after, if you spank a child while you're angry, you will feel a guilt, a big guilt afterward. But you correct them with a sober mind when you are not angry. We now understand the trial, it will come in many forms and it's painful and also needed for us. How does that benefit us? Now, many of you know that back during the year Y2K, I was on a job hunt. I found this company, was able to land an, an interview there. When I went to the interview, I nailed it. Every answer, I answered correctly, even more than what they, they asked. Very confident, extremely confident. I know I'm going to get this job because every question you ask, I answer perfectly because I know it so well. I know this job inside out so well. After I left that interview, I went home. I'm very confident. I'm, in fact, I, I was so happy that day. I will get this job. The day after, I got a call from them. So I expected them to say, oh, oh, you get hired. Yeah, you decide to go with you, blah, blah, blah. But then the first thing they said, thank you for coming. We regret that you are overqualified. I never heard of such thing. You are overqualified for a job that you're applying for. Exactly, that's my point. I said, what? Does it mean that I should get a job? But anyways, uh, I didn't get a job. What does that teach me? It taught me to be humble. I'm not in control. Even though I think I did, I will get it. I think I did the best. No one can, you know, can, can beat that interview. God said, you know, well, that's not a job for you. Right? Even I, I wanted that job. Right? I do want it. I did. But it taught me to be humble because I'm not in control. God is in control. And these trials to teach us, to mow us, is to say, you, we are not in any control in any way. You remember, I think some of you are students here. You know, you're going through the class. At the end, what do you think? You have a final exam. How's your test? How's, what is your test going to do for you? Well, the test is for what? To test what you have learned whether anything that retained during the course of schooling, right? whether you remember all the material or not, or how, how much you know about the material. Back in January, uh, my wife decided to go on a mission trip to India. That, that's it before you know, the, the, this whole uh, pandemic happened, even before we even heard about it. She decided that she's going to go. She found out, oh, uh, her uh, passport has expired. So she said, okay, she's going to redo it. You know, even expedite it and then, you know, doing the global entry thing, like expedite, like in a week, you get it. God said, yeah, you should stay home. Whatever we decide, whatever our plans, it's, it's really depend on where God's want to take us. Number two is to equip us. Trials to equip us. So in Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, Blessed be the God of Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In summary, Jesus has been through all the suffering for us, 
as we are going through trials in our lives, we understand our sufferings, and He comforts us as well as we are able to comfort others. We are not going to be able to comfort others unless we go through it ourselves, right? Can we comfort Job in that sense? But Job can comfort us. He, he understood the, the trials that he'd been through. And we can read his story, and that will comfort us, right? And then, of course, Jesus is the comforter. And he went through all of the trials, you know, all the pain and suffering, even nailed to the cross for our sin, and he understands us. He understands our trials. I might not understand your trial, whatever you're going through, but God does. To equip us so that when someone sees the same trial, we, we can comfort that person. Otherwise, we would just sit there and you know, keep quiet, like those friends, the Job's friends. Another Christian author, you know, normally I don't say the name, but uh, I would let you, you know, do search up a bit. This one you probably know, I don't know. I, I want to read it for you. This is a, a quote from the well-known Christian author. I would go to the deep a hundred times to cheer a downcast spirit. It is good for me to have been afflicted that I might know how to speak a word in season to one that is weary. So again, you know how it feels, how we can comfort another, how we can help that person. Now, the third reason is to refine us. Refine tries refine us. Now, the word refine is to remove impurities or unwanted elements. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Let's go back there. One verse after uh, verse 6. Peter also said, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perished, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, gold, how we remove impurity of gold. We would heat it up, right? We would fire it up to burn all that impurity, all that material, uh, all the stuff in gold. So we melt it. So all, it would separate whatever not gold to a side and gold itself, right? the liquid gold. So we heat it, right? we, we, we burn it. We burn it so hard that it will separate all the, the gold. Want to test that gold? The process of refining is to remove the impurity. It's very similar to refining a, a Christian life. We will do trial to remove all that doubt, remove all that unfaithfulness in our Christian life. It's also measure genuineness of our faith, right? That's according to Peter. Now, because even gold is not precious than our faith. Our faith is more precious because what we found in faith is praise, honor, and glory. When we go to trial, are we see praise, honor, and glory? Now to demonstrate that, I have three items. I have wood, I have clay, and I also have like steel. I will put them to a fire, like heating up like a couple thousand degrees. I put wood, put clay, and I put steel. Now, in that furnace of fire, the wood would burn up, incinerate, right? It probably had nothing left, right? It would burn to ashes. The steel, what happened? It would melt. It would change its form. Like a brick of steel, you put in or a rod of steel, it will become a deformed piece of steel. But clay, when you put it in, in the furnace there, it will harden. It's hard and harder and harder. The harder it gets, the harder it gets. Right? Clay, it's, it's soft. Before you put in, it's soft. You put in the furnace, and after you take it out, it's hard, right? So, there's three items going through the same trial, which is the fire, the heat, the trials, They're going through the same. But which one? The wood evaporates, it's gone, become ashes. The steel deforms, it's 
it's not the same form anymore. But the clay is harder. Now, which one are we when going through trials? Are we say a piece of wood that we just evaporate into thin air with ashes? Or the steel that is deformed and it's not the same form anymore, but the clay is harder, stronger. Going through the trial, it becomes stronger. First Corinthians chapter 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will you also make way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So there's no temptation, it's too difficult. We have to know that God will never let the trial be on your ability. But trial put there for a reason, to humble you, to refine you, and to equip one story I uh, just read recently, because we, we, we talk about quarantine and staying at home. During the World War II, there's a little girl. She believed she was born in 1929. She went to hiding in 1942. She got, their family got, got caught in uh, 1944. And then uh, when she was back in the, the camp, 1945, she uh, passed away. You can look that up, you know, give out the name. Uh, so she was 13 years old when she was going to hiding to escape from the Nazis. She's one of the Jews. She has to stay in the house, little house. Actually, they call it secret annex. Now, that's a clue I just gave you. Secret annex. So a little hiding place. 761 days. This is what I did a virtual tour. You know, you don't have to fly over the Euro Europe, but now with the current technology, uh, you, you are able to do a virtual tour on, uh, on the website and you can learn more about the life of <clears throat> this little girl. And she, she was in hiding for two years, more than two years. And that is perseverance. That's patience. A lot of patience, a lot of perseverance. Um, you don't get to go outside because you go outside. If she, go, if she went outside, she would have caught immediately. And uh, we don't like a lot of Jews. They went into hiding. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, And not only that, but we, were, we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produce perseverance. Perseverance also needed in our lives to go through trial. We need it to sustain it. Suffering tribulation, trials, when facing adversities, no matter how big or small, short-term or long-term, and sometimes it feels like eternity. It is also painful physically and emotionally and spiritually. Knowing that it's needed for our own good to set us straight, to correct us, to equip us, to refine us, and to produce perseverance and character, and it's not impossible for us to face it and rejoice in it. Rejoice no matter what you do. What trial you're going through, rejoice. James, in James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 said, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And down in verse 12 in the same chapter, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is, has been approved, he will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Let me close with, as I said, a lot of, of trials during the, the past month, so I myself go through some difficult time. This has taught me to, to humble, and this also teach me a lot of things about trials. And this, sometimes I felt that it's impossible, you know, this type is never end, and, and this can't, you know, I, I can bear this. But I always go back to the story of Job. If you have 
if you uh, read the Bible sometime, go back to chapter 1 and 2 and see uh, how Job's life, you know, you know the short version of it, right? And how he, he deal with this, right? He praised God. Whatever he went through, whatever his friends said, <clears throat> he still praised God uh, and rejoiced in it. That's why Peter said, the first Peter chapter 1 verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, right? in this, in the trials, any trials, rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. So facing any trials, and you know it's need, it's good for us, it's, it's, there's a purpose. God has a need for us, why we need to face trials. And uh, rejoice, that's our comfort. Right? We rejoice. That's all I have for today, and let me close the prayer, and then I'll invite uh, Pastor Paul uh, back to the pulpit. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this morning as we come together and praise you and learn your word this morning, Lord. And during this time, Lord, I, many of us are, are facing many difficulties, even though a lot of us are not here, but I pray for each and every one who uh, is watching, who is here with us, Lord. Whatever uh, trials that they're going through, uh, I pray that you are the God of comforters, Lord, that you will comfort them in these times and help them through all the trials that they're facing right now, all the adversity, all the difficulties regarding to their personal, occupational, relational, or their financial, or everything that uh, they are facing right now. As it affects uh, so much in this world, and as if the world had come to a, a stop, Lord. And uh, these are the things that we never thought it, it would be possible, Lord. Uh, but this a little tiny uh, virus, Lord, that have caused this to stop. And regardless, Lord, uh, we, we know that we are facing through difficult time, but it's not too difficult. And that you will be there to guide us, Lord, to deliver us from, from this, Lord. And uh, through this, Lord, you will be the, our victory, Lord. And I pray for those who are weary, pray for those who are worried, anxiety, or anyone who is sick. I pray that you will come and, and deliver them, Lord. And you're the God of comfort. You will comfort them, Lord. We, we need your comfort through this difficult time, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, and we pray in Jesus' name.